Welcome to the Press Conference Podcast, where we bring you the pressing information nobody asks for. I'm Dave, and I'm here with my co-host, Phil. How's it going, man? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. I'd like to take a moment to thank our mate Nick for putting together the intro. How good is it? Yeah, I was I was so stoked that, um, you know, I think when you suggested um, we ask him, I was, I was so happy because I think his music's just great, and he came through with a ripper. I think it's exactly what we wanted. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we really appreciate appreciate it, Nick. And um, everyone needs to go and have a listen to his band, Caution Thieves. They've got some big things coming. And uh, we're really excited about it. And we can't wait to have him on. Yeah, 100%. I think um, they're a great band. Um, go check out their music. And yeah, big things coming. So what have you been listening to this week? Uh, what have I been listening to? I think um, Smokey, uh, I'm not going too early, but Album of the Year. Uh, not quite in probably your wheelhouse, but I think um, the new Harry Styles album, uh, fantastic. Ooh, yeah. um, absolutely blew me away. I think that's just a fantastic album. Um, so I've been listening to that, and I'm sure what you're listening to is exactly what I'm listening to after that. What are you listening to at the moment? I'm listening to the early uh, frontrunner for EP of the year for me. I'm listening to Be Well, Hello Son. And boy, is it a cracker. I've absolutely smashed it. I should have probably held back a little bit because I haven't got the, the vinyl yet. But, um, oh, it's so good. I just couldn't wait. Uh, I, I love that EP. I think the single's uh, amazing. I know we've spoken about it, I think, already on this pod. And mm-hmm. sorry to all yep. our friends who we've been, you know, bashing on to listen to this band. But, um, no, the EP was great. Oh, I was so happy with it. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, any new pickups this week? Uh, any new pickups this week? Um, I did have some mail come today. Um, I got the the Signals 7-inch um, from Any Vinyl Vinyl Club, um, which nice. I was super stoked on, as well as a second copy of the Starve 7-inch that they released. Um, I, do have mm-hmm. some, I do have some mail coming, though, a big, big box coming, but um, I might wait till the next episode to kind of talk through what I got there. What about you? Yeah, me too. I've got the same. We've got a big stiffy box coming. Yep. From the from the overseas. So, um, but I got a nice little package from our mate Cody, who's unfortunately going through some some hard times at the moment, and he had to get rid of some stuff. Um, but I finished off my Turnstile discography this afternoon. Yeah, nice. So I got the a first press of Time and Space, um, which is their second album, and I got their first three seven inches. So. Uh, pressure to succeed, step to rhythm, and move through me. So I'm super stoked. They're just an awesome band. I started getting into them before the hype yep. of uh, Glow On, which is awesome as well. It's so good to see them doing so well. But um, yeah, I couldn't track these down until just now. So thanks, Cody. Love you, man. Hope you're doing all right. Yeah, sending big love to Cody. Absolute legend of a person. Um but yeah, no turnstile. I think um, I mean, Glow On would have been on top of most pe- a lot of people's album of the year last year. Um, I, got, yep. I, got, I listened to them a little bit before that album, but maybe didn't fall in love as much. I wasn't listening to as much hardcore back then. Um, but no, I think when you go back now, um, they've come on a they've come on a really good journey, and I think you know the, the best might still be in front of them, which I know is crazy to say. Yeah, I think they've got they're going to go huge. I think. Or bigger than what they already are. You can just see them just growing and growing. Yeah. Um, and how you been anyway? Yeah, good. 
couple of weeks since we've recorded, so I'm uh, super excited to um, to get into it again. Uh, I think we've been pretty pretty well well received. Um, really big thanks to everyone who's listened so far and the feedback we've gotten, and um, yeah, it's, it makes us happy. And it's exactly what we want to do is just generate some conversation about music and get our friends involved. And so it's really cool. Yeah, I think, um, thank you. Yeah, reiterate that point. Thank you, everyone who has given us a listen, uh, sent us any messages, either good or bad feedback. I think uh, we, we got mics. So the second, uh, well, the bonus episode we did was definitely much um, received much better than the first, given the, the sound was maybe a little bit better. But um, no, love it. I've actually loved the, the messages and I think I've had some really good conversation um, on the back of it, like you mentioned, that that's the whole point of this, right, is just to have convo yeah. and hopefully it sparks convo with other people as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, seeing it as it is our first episode, first proper episode, yeah. do you want to get into the pressing topic of the day? Yeah, so our pressing topic of this week is um, a band that I think we both love. Um, mm-hmm. I think when we started this podcast and we really were really focusing on having conversation around a band or an era or a topic that, you know, shaped the scene today, um, we, we spoke about this band a lot through that time. And I think, you know, through their history, they've had nine albums, two live albums, a split EP, one demo over nearly 20 years, you know, 18 years as a band, which I think is pretty epic and still super relevant today. Um, yeah. I think we always spoke about this band as being a potential first episode because there is so much history there. So I think um, Architects being that band, uh, let's get into it. For sure, let's do it. Because when you fade away, it's like a brand new doomsday. So um, when did you first hear Architects? Oh, the first time I heard Architects was actually on... Um, Sam featured on The Sadness Will Never End on Suicide Seasons, uh, Bring okay. Me the Horizon's um, second album, third release. Mm-hmm. And I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs on that album. It's probably the le- one of the most le- least death Corey songs. Um, and more of that metalcore sound. And yep. I just remember hearing some other vocalist that wasn't Ollie and I was just drawn in. I thought it was, it was, it was awesome. And it ended up being, yeah, Sam from Architects. And I remember at the time I, I went and listened to the here and the now. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I listened to it once and I didn't go back. Yeah. Um, and it took me a while to get back. And I think it was with Daybreaker had come out and again, didn't listen to the album when it dropped. Um, but later on when the deluxe album dropped, um, there was a Bon, bon Iver or Bon Iver cover of Blood Bank on there. And being a massive Bon Iver fan, uh, I listened to that. And I think that is, to be honest, what drew me in. And, and since then, I've been listening to their music ever since. Oh, wow. Yeah. A bit different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm How about to you? Think back. I'm trying to think back of when I first listened to them. I know I saw them live before I'd heard them, and I th- yeah. think that was on a tour they did with The Ghost Inside and maybe Amity. Yep. And may have been around 2012, so maybe Daybreaker here and now. And I thought, yeah, these guys are all right. Went back and listened to them, and it didn't really click. Yep. 
And then I remember it was like a summer just before Lost Together, Lost Forever came out. Yeah. And it came on like a YouTube thing. I was on a YouTube binge and the first single popped up and I was like, what's this? And binged the whole album. It came out that morning and then went over to a mate's place that afternoon. Mm. Like, oh, dude, you've got to listen to this. And like, just absolutely smashed it that whole summer. And then just rolled into what we, what we call the big three. Yeah. Which I know we'll touch on a bit more, but I think, yeah, I think that, that album lost forever, lost together. Um, is just is just the perfect album to kick that off as well. I think it was perfect for the time uh, when it came out. I think it had such a good balance of those clean vocals starting to come through in their music. Yep. Um, you know, those softer periods in songs rather than it being so hard and fast. And, you know, we know what happened after that. And I think um, it's just crazy to think that they were around for so many more years than that. I kind of wish I went back and appreciated because when I listen back, I love, I actually love those older albums, uh, to be honest. Maybe not as much as the new stuff, but mm-hmm. there's yep. a place for them. And I'm kind of annoyed at myself that I didn't give them the time of day uh, when I first, you know, realized who Sam was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. So once I once I really got into that summer and got into that record, I just went back into the Here and Now and Daybreaker and just really started smashing those. Yeah. And then... Um, then yeah, just was really in the groove with them then. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, I mean your experience with the band. You you mentioned you've been to a few shows. Um, I guess you know they're a band that's probably been with us through through a lot of our life, and you know key key moments. Um, kind of, how often did you used to listen to them? Like, were they a band that you listened to on rotation a lot? Um, after that, or or kind of where were they for you in regards to you know metalcore bands that you listen yeah. to? Yeah, so um, they'd be up there. So I'm just going through my my streams now from yep. from Last FM, and um, like they're sitting like top fifteen all time for me. That's awesome. So like um, Lost Forever, Lost Together is on top, obviously. So. 2014 almost listened to a thousand songs by yeah architects so that's awesome um really really high on the rotation there and then they've kind of just stayed there ever since yeah but it's really just those the the latest five albums so yeah daybreaker all our gods have abandoned us holy hell and for those that wish to exist yeah as well as lost forever lost together um just really really cemented themselves in my my musical taste yeah no i think um yeah i love that and i think it's so good hearing hearing stories like that i think for me um it was funny i think because lost forever lost together came out in what 2015 um and the daybreaker deluxe came out i think the year before and Mm -hmm. i think in 2014 where i was i'd already been out of school a few years um I was still listening to, to heavier music, but I think yep. I'd probably expanded a bit more, you know, typical 18 year old boy going clubbing and, and all that, you know, mm-hmm. you run with slightly different circles there for a minute. Um, and I think it was almost that album that didn't bring me back to, to heavier music and back to metalcore, but I think it definitely brought me back to more modern stuff a lot more. 
Uh, I think from that point, you know, I really was probably more invested in, in, in the local scene than what I had been for two or three years there. Yeah. Um, so I actually really, really thank Architects for that because, um, yeah, I just love it. <laughs> yeah, definitely the same for me. Uh, it really put me back to listening to that heavier sound. So I probably went back in towards the, like the, the screamo post hardcore kind of sound listening to, to like Alexis on fire and a lot more punk bands and stuff like that. And then they put me really back into the fold with Parkway and stuff like that as well. So not that I'd really lost a lot of touch. It's just that you kind of move through those different, um, those different, trends and stuff like that so you can those those albums bring you back in and get yep. you excited about metalcore and heavier music yeah no i love it i think um yeah i love it so how many times have you seen seen architects live oh how many times to- i actually should have prepared a number i think it would have to be i reckon closer to that eight or nine maybe wow maybe. really I think they came here one year and I saw them two shows in Melbourne and their groove in the moo leg. So I think that takes three. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I think the other five probably feels about right. I wish I had, um, I probably should have prepared that number. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I've only seen them three times. Yeah. So that first initial time in 2012. So was that, that the Chasing Ghost Tour? Yeah, I think so. It was at the Palace. <laughs> yeah, I was there. I was there for that. Yeah. And um, then we saw them at the corner, yeah, for the for the tour in twenty fourteen, yeah. And then one more time later, like six months later, at like billboards or something, they came back, maybe yeah. just before Unify. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. cool. So, so you hadn't actually had you seen them on the Holy Hell Run? No, no, I didn't oh. see them that time. That was a time. And I'm, I will get to that because I did want to talk a little bit about that. But I think, um, yeah, that tour, I think, was was unreal. Um, so I'm sorry to rub that in. But. No, that's fine. That show at the corner was one of the better shows I've seen there. And, like, Sam just went absolutely nuts. I took a mate who hadn't really listened to them before. And I'm just like, you just got to come. This is going to be epic. And he went out. And just, he was an instantly a fan afterwards, so... That's so awesome. So I guess, um, moving into, you know, the essence of the podcast where, you know, we're bringing everyone these topics that no one really asked for just because we're two probably bored people that just want to talk about it. <laughs> um, yep. I thought I'd do my due diligence and actually go through and, and fact check myself or just maybe learn a few things that I didn't know about. So I'm going to call this, if we're trying this segment thing out... Pressing history that nobody asked for, so mm-hmm. let, let's give it a whirl. Um, and I just ran through some things and, you know, reading about the history of the band and how they formed, I think super interesting. Um, and one thing I didn't know, and I was keen to hear if you'd known, that Sam actually wasn't a vocalist before he joined the band. Did you know yeah. that? Yeah, I did. Oh, so only through, <laughs> only through an interview that I heard on um, the first ever podcast, so... Uh, Jeremy asked all those questions of first bands and that kind of stuff. So that's where that yeah. that story came up. But yeah, it's pretty interesting, huh? I thought it was crazy that he was a drummer and really only sang occasionally in bands um, to the point that when, you know, um, 
I can't remember his name, but the first vocalist left after the first record. Mm-hmm. Um, and they saw Sam singing in a, in, a, in a bar somewhere and said, we need to have him. That's pretty crazy, I think, for a drummer to come in and do that. And then I think to layer on top of that, did you know that he only had six weeks to, to write the vocals for, for Ruin? No, I didn't know that. I read, it was an article that was in Rock Sound that I found, and I thought um, it was pretty crazy because the band had just released, it wasn't Nightmares the year before, and they were saying that they had grown so much as musicians they wanted to, to record more music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They found Sam and said, you've got six weeks. A drummer who had never really sung, never really written <laughs> vocals for a band to come in and, and, and write the vocals for that album. It's not their best album, lyrically, but I think... That's that's pretty damn impressive, and obviously he was talented because look at what he's been writing now. Yeah, definitely. He's um, yeah, he's got some good content behind him, that's for sure. Yeah, but then then to compare that to Hollow Crown, he had eighteen months to write, and I think lyrically, and his vocal performance on that record, I think takes a massive step forward. So it's just crazy, in my opinion. I just wanted to bring that up because I didn't know that, but until mm-hmm. we started like talking about doing this pod, so. I think moving forward as well was looking at some of the tours they had. And I think it, you know, for me, I know they've always been really popular in Australia. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize how far back it went and how it kind of happened. And I, I was actually, I mean, I don't know why I say I'm surprised. I guess I'm not surprised to know that it was all Parkway's fault. <laughs> yeah. That, that yep. architects came here. And I think that, that, is just, you know, so awesome that I think one of the biggest metalcore bands that come to Australia that probably call Australia a second home, as they've said so often on their tours, was kind of brought here with Parkway the first time after a European tour they did together. I mean, Parkway's done so much, right? <laughs> so much for the local scene, so much for Aussie music. Like, they they should be put down in history for Australian music, but they probably won't be because they're not mainstream enough. I really hope so. I mean... I don't think there's a bigger Australian band, is there? Like a band? Like real, like true band in the current day. I don't think there's a bigger band. No, no, don't think so. Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy. The first time the Architects played here was with Parkway and, and with August Burns Red, which I can't... Like, I know they had that the tour DVD um, that I, I know shamefully haven't actually watched, but I, I didn't realize that August Burns Red was on that tour as well, which I thought was just also... Like insane to think that this young band, who hadn't even hit anywhere close to it, were touring with these bands. Yeah, um, could bring those big names across. Well, they're big names now, but like really just elevate the, yeah. what people listen to, because that's where you used to get music from was the supports of all the gigs you went to. Yeah, that's true. And I think um, it was such a different time. I mean, I think back to all the gigs I was going to, like big gigs, right? Um, bigger gigs at like Festival Hall and and, and the Palace and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of local bands playing on that, I don't feel. I feel like most bands were internationals, right? Like, I think I saw Circus Survive play like so many times to support. Yeah. Um, But they were never massive, like I felt, compared to some other bands that got massive um, here anyway. Um, But I think times have changed a bit. I think our bands are getting a lot better now. The, uh, The reach is a lot more, a lot further. And yeah. the, there's a couple of like local Australian labels that are kind of Dropping pushing it. it. Yeah, pushing it with those those bigger ones in America. And there's um, American labels listening to Australian bands and also signing them, which is, this is handy. This is how they grow. Yeah. And, and I, that's true. And I think, 
you know, as, as generic as it probably sounds and it's probably not a fresh hot take. Um, I think Architects were one of the bands that really brought metalcore to the mainstream in Australia. I know we had North Lane. I know we've had other bands come through the ranks, but I don't think... I just think Architects have always been... like They're almost an Australian band in a way because mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like they, they, they love Australia. They come here so much. Um, and I think that sound has been adopted by so many bands that have tried to do it. And um, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think that it's them and the Ghost Inside... I think really brought yeah. overseas metalcore sound to Australian shores. Yeah, it's a very good take, actually. Now, are you gonna are you gonna come to to full tilt and see the ghost inside? Yeah, I think I might have to. Yeah, it's gonna be an awesome show. And the wonder yeah. years to get around that. I can't wait. Um, I get. I guess this is like one thing that we kind of mentioned before, but about the tours and I guess the tours that they've had. Um, and you kind of mentioned seeing that the corner hotel being a special special moment. I think um, my special, my most, my most special moment seeing them, I think was in. Um, they played a show at the Prince Band Room back in twenty seventeen. Yeah, um, and it was actually their first tour back. Um, you know, after after the year before, um, when Tom had passed away, and it was you know the Prince Band Room. It's a tiny venue. Like, yeah, it's real. I couldn't believe when the tickets went on sale that they were playing there. Um, with Ocean Grove as supports, which I thought was just epic. And um, I remember the first night when we went, um, he struggled. Like, he, he kind of didn't feel all there. Yeah. Um, and I knew it was going to be hard for him, but I don't think I'd seen that kind of raw emotion um, by a heavy band before on stage. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know that he's he's gotten emotional on stage so many times, but being in such a small room like that and seeing that emotion, you know, six feet away... Um, because I was a bit of a barrier bitch at that show. <laughs> um, yeah. I think uh, just just has hit home, um, and it was it was just it was a beautiful thing to be a part of. And I remember he he apologized to the crowd on Twitter that night. Back there the next night, and he you know talked about that show and how he wanted to you know do better that show. And I think it was those two nights were two of the best times I've, I've ever seen them. Yeah. Um, and just talking about live shows when we've seen them, I think I just want to to tell that because. Yeah, I'll remember that forever. Yeah, he's so emotionally driven as well, um, Sam is. So it's would be so hard to have all this material that you've written with someone over the years. They're like your best friend. You ba- practically live with them nine months of the year and then for them to be gone and for you to be sharing those moments that you shared with with them. That I, like, I can't even imagine how people even do it so like kudos to him like to anyone that does that because it's um it's it would be daunting just to get up on stage with all your mates anyway uh, let alone doing that after you've lost someone so close and so yeah so loved by everyone it would be uh, so hard yeah absolutely moving on to i guess in my pressing history that no one really asked for um, I think one other thing I, I, that really caught my attention when I was looking through, you know, the history of the band and some decisions they've made was when they did leave, um, who were they signed with? Century Media. Um, and they actually signed with Epitaph. Epitaph? Mm-hmm. Am I saying yep. that right? Yeah. Afterwards. I thought um, it was really interesting because I didn't realize how much they struggled to break into the US as a band. Did you? Were you aware of that? No. Uh, yes and no, kind of. Um the U S is really hard to break into for 
like English bands. Yeah. yeah. And Australians, like it's really hard unless you actually yeah. live there. I, I thought it, I thought it was absolutely insane that, yeah, they signed with Epitaph to, um, to try and UNFD, I guess as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. To try and break that market. But to this day, the highest they've ever um, charted in, in, in any, any charts that they've entered has been 80 in America. Yeah. Which just blew my mind considering that, um, you know, in, in, and that was on their most recent album. Back when mm-hmm. I look at yeah. uh, Lost Forever, Lost Together, they, they were 13 in Australia and 16 in the UK, but 125 in the US on the charts. And it just doesn't, I, I, I can't comprehend that because I just have always felt that architects have been so big in Australia. I felt that they would be globally, but clearly not. And I thought that was just something that stood out to me. Um, and I thought it was just insane. There's actually lots of parallels with bands that come out of Canada as well. So I mentioned Alexis on Fire earlier, and um, they aren't even as big as they are in in America as they are in Australia. And they're, wow. they they share like they they share a continent basically. And wow. um, yeah, they that American scene is just really hard to break into. I didn't I didn't realize it was that crap to try and break <laughs> yeah. into but um but one thing i did think was really awesome was um in australia they they charted number two for all our gods have abandoned us which was actually 13 points higher than what they charted in the uk um it, it kind wow. of i knew that they charted high in australia yeah um, but i didn't realize they actually had beaten um the uk on every album except for for those that wish to exist and the only reason they didn't beat the uk is because they both both countries charted at number one. That's crazy. Um, I thought it was just nuts. Um, and that's just the coolest. Like, I love that, that they deserve that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They bust their asses for so long. Like, and the billboards aren't what they focus on, but it's something that you'd be proud of. Oh. Proud of hitting number one. That's, that's awesome. I mean, when we look back at these bands, as much as, you know, you and I and other fans won't look at that, I think just for the, the, the random person that might look it up, they look at that it can mean something and you know we talk about legacy of bands and i think that's something that will really stack up um yeah. for 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 a long time so yeah i thought that was pretty pretty epic um so should we move on to the big three the big three you want to take it away yeah so uh if you don't know the big three that we're referring to is uh lost forever lost together all our gods have abandoned us and holy hell it's some people say it's probably the best three album run in metalcore i think it's a pretty it's a pretty fair statement uh, i can't think of many other ones that i would say i'm much better than that yeah i did some research just before we started and um there weren't many others that kind of stacked up and and the question I have is, is like, where do you call metalcore metalcore, and where do you call post hardcore post hardcore? Like, where's where's the line? So a lot of people are saying like a day to remember, like homesick through to common courtesy stands up against it, but I'm not so sure they're actually metalcore. No, I I think they're different. <laughs> yeah I, I know that's a very basic answer i i do i do respect that data remembers run that is a very good run 
Um, and that should be considered maybe one of the best three album runs, album runs um, a bands have had. But I don't think it's in a metalcore convo as much. No. They're not really metal metalcore, so I wouldn't say. I, I think um, the band that kind of came to mind, and I know there's a lot of parallels between the two and they've been spoken to, you know, in similar similar veins a lot. I think Bring Me the Horizon is an interesting one in, in this conversation because mm-hmm. I do think that, I mean, all their run, all their albums, I think, are, are top notch. Like, they're awesome albums. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you'd put, you know, Suicide Seasons, you know, There's a Hell, and then Sempaternal in a three album run. I think you could maybe make the case for the, the latter two, but I don't know yeah. if you'd put Suicide Seasons in Metalcore, right? But then you go to the other side of that album and they've got That's a Spirit which is a fantastic album, but I wouldn't yep. call that metalcore either. So I don't know if they actually can like are in that category as having, you know, one of the best three run albums in, in metalcore. Yeah. That's a tough one. So that's, that's why I asked <laughs> the question at the top, because like yeah. you could, you could bring a whole heap of different bands in and say, Oh, these guys are metalcore and, and all this, that and the other. But um, the other one that I kind of came to mind was Converge's run from Jane yeah. Doe, You Fail Me and No Heroes which are three absolutely huge, huge metalcore albums, but aren't really in that mainstream front of mind for for our scene. So, Which is actually kind of sad. Like, I'll, I'll just make a comment on that. I only discovered them last year. I'd seen the name around, but I never really gave them the time. Yeah. I don't know why, if I'm being completely honest. I have no, no idea why. But... Although it's not necessarily what I listen to on the regular, and maybe there's that lack of nostalgia for me compared to some other people. Yeah, you're right. Those albums are pretty damn incredible, uh, and that's probably a good close. Um, they're really close. Yeah, I think they're probably even, and you you get two sides of the coin there. Some people yeah. say Architects, others will say Converge, and I'm like, yeah. I'm happy to go to bat for both. Yeah, I think I think for me, one thing that I probably wouldn't almost edge architects is not just the music. I think the music, you can hear the evolution across the three albums. Yep. Um, you know, all our gods have abandoned us is probably the peak, right? And probably in their whole discography is probably the peak. Um, but in Holy Hell, I think the fact that they had, you know, half written songs, they'd come out after, you know, their main songwriter had, had, you know, passed, passed away and they wrote that album. I, I think that's got to play into it. I know we talk about just the music and, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. But I think that story, that's got to play into it for me. Yeah, the degree of difficulty of of picking up the pieces and, and kind of putting it all together is yeah. um, plays a huge part in that, for sure. Yeah. So for me, I think that's probably one of the best three-run albums I've ever seen, period, um, let alone in metalcore. And I think um, it's a big reason why I love the band. I think that they would have come out and do that. Um, it's just, yeah, awesome. Yeah, and they're still making good music now. So, like the uh, for those who wish to exist, still is very good. So, it's not. I don't think it's quite metalcore anymore, but that's fine. Like you're allowed to to evolve. But um, yeah, it's definitely still very very good music. I love that album, by the way. I know we'll talk to our album rankings soon, but I I really really love that album. I think they've got some of my favorite songs um, on there. <clears throat> Although the new single maybe didn't hit with me as much as I would have liked, um, I th- I'm, I'm keen for more and to see where they go with it. Yeah, me too. So on that, should we should we rank the albums? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
before we get to that though, and I'm sure again, people don't want to hear it, but I think I just wanted to call out their kind of discography. Um, they've got the nine albums. They've got the two live albums. Um, I didn't know that they actually had a split EP. Did you know that? Yeah. With dead swans. I didn't know that. I don't know where I've been living under a rock. <laughs> I haven't listened to it, but I just saw it there when I was looking at the st- at, at my research tonight. Yeah, I thought that was insane that they've really just had that demo, the EP, and then the rest has just been, you know, these big albums. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I think the EP. I'm not saying it's lost, but the architects just don't. They don't care. <laughs> well, it's it's so long ago now, was it? But it would have been had to have been 2005 or something. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been very early. So. Um, so how do we want to do this? Do you want to go count down from nine? I know you don't really care for the old ones, so I'm yeah. sure got them down um, the bottom. Should we should we do one each? So I do nine, you do nine, and then we'll go backwards Let's and go. forwards. All right. So number nine for me is nightmares. Same. It's I, I, I agree. Never. <laughs> I will. I will be honest though. I gave that a few runs this this last week, and I will say. It's aged pretty well, in my opinion, um, and I huh. am keen to listen to it more. I think it's a lot of the sound that it's very raw. It's it's kind of not punky, but there's something to it that I think I, I really liked. Um, so I'm definitely going to be going back and listening to more of that because I haven't in years. Oh, sweet. I don't even think I've even listened to it once. So just go back. I back think you might me. be surprised. <laughs> you might be surprised. All right. So what's your number eight? I've got ruin as number eight. What yeah, me too. Me too. That's that's uh, that's number eight for me. Yeah. Um, number seven. This is where we're probably going to get interesting. Who have you got? I've got the here and now. Oh, really? Ah, oh, yep. that's interesting. I don't have it there. I have Daybreaker at number seven. Oh, number seven. I know. I think they've got some bangers on it, but I don't think it's up there with some of the others, and I'm sure we'll talk to it soon. Um, and I've kind of alluded to a few things I might say about the next few albums, but yeah, it didn't. It, it's a good album, but it didn't overly do it for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just never really got into the here and now. I think it was just from that initial listens really hasn't yeah. come around for me. And like Hollow Crown and and the Here and Now, basically six and seven, they're interchangeable. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that those those four early ones. I know a lot of people say the Here and Now is the best Architects album. And you can you can say that, but I, it's not my. That's not <laughs> it's yours. not in my top five. You're so wrong. You have I'm to sorry. think that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm happy to be wrong. Cancel me. Do whatever you like. But um, yeah, I think. Yeah, those four are like interchangeable at, at spot nine for me. Yeah. I think then number six, I had um, Hollow Crown. What about you? Yep. I've got uh, I've got Daybreaker at number six. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is probably the, the exciting bit, the, the top five. Um, what have you got at number five? Oh, wait. No, I've got Daybreaker at number five. Sorry. Oh, you got Daybreaker at number five. Who do you have at six? Hollow Crown. Six is Hollow Crown. Sorry, I, yeah. I muddled that up. No, you're right. So number five, you got Daybreaker. Yep. Oh. I've smashed that. Yeah, absolutely smashed that over the years. Yeah, it's it's it, it is good, like I mentioned. But uh, my number five, f- and this is hmm? you go, you go. This is interesting. I think our top five because I thought we would have been a lot closer. Um, 
And this is this really hurt me to put it number five because I feel like from face value, if I was ranking, I probably should have put it higher. But mm. number five was for those that wish to exist for me. Mm, okay. Um, I think it's a great album, like we mentioned. It's got some of my favorite songs on it. And maybe like, you know, we'll get to our favorite songs. Um, yep. But yeah, I just think it deserves to be number number five just because I think the albums in front of it are so much better. Mm. So um, number four for me yep. is for those that wish to exist. Nice. So for those same reasons, um, there are some really good songs, but I feel like I'm going back to those other three a lot more. Yeah. Uh, my number four, which I actually thought would have been higher for you. Um, for me, it's the here and now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you you should go back because it's got um you know it's got that that hint of architects as like future sound, but I think out of all their albums, it's probably got mm-hmm. a lot more emo tones to it. Even that like screamo kind of vibe on a few tracks, and I love that. Um, okay, and I think it's aged yep. really well compared to some of their older stuff. So um, had to bring that in at number four. Okay, very nice. Uh, so my number three is All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. So, I just... I, I love the album, but we go... We spoke about it earlier. The degree of difficulty for Holy Hell to, to piece all those together and um, just pips it for me. So that... Wow. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, look, it's, it's a fair take. Um... It's not my take. So when you get cancelled, don't bring me down with you. Um, no, I think uh, okay. it's fair enough. I mean, there's a case to be made really for any of these albums now to be number one, two, or three, right? Um, so yeah, I think um, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I think for my number three, I had um, Lost Forever, Lost Together. Um I loved how it, I love that album. I don't think it's their best album, but it's definitely up there, and I think it deserves to be number three. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, if you say so. Um, but I will say that when we get to it, it's got my favorite Architect song on that album. I just don't think as an album it does the job for me that the next two do. Okay, that's fine. Yep. <laughs> it's not uh, fine, but I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Uh, number two for me, um, is Holy Hell. We agree on one. That's a, is that the first we've agreed since I think nine or eight? <laughs> since Nightmares. How good was that album though? When it came out, it was just everything. It was, it was fan service. It's awesome. It was, so it's got my, oh. it hit like a ton of bricks as well. So like, I know Doomsday had already been like a single, but then everything that led up to it, I think that's like the perfect spot for it to be on the album. Cause you like, you're waiting yeah. for doomsday to come in, yeah. in, in a way. And, um, yeah, it just packs a punch. Love it. I think that album release might be one of my most anticipated I've had in quite a while. I remember, um, the single dropped on like a Tuesday night for doomsday. I think it mm-hmm. was, or, or hereafter. I can't remember which single, and I think it was a weird time, like 7.30 p.m. on a Tuesday night in Victoria. To I don't know what it was correlating with over in the UK, but it came out the weirdest time. And I just remember yep. watching that music video and being like, this is awesome. Because um, everyone was so scared with what they would sound like with, you know, a new, a new 
the band writing, you know, more music than they've probably written in the past. Um, I thought that album just, yeah, hit so hard. And, you know, like I mentioned, that tour might be the best time I've seen Architects play. You know, yeah, technically. Wow. I think yeah. they were just epic, vocally amazing, emotional. Um, the crowd was just insane. They played that leg at Festival Hall and loved it. Like, yeah, great album. Yeah, really good. So, comes to number one. So, my number one is Lost Forever, Lost Together. Fair. Just, it got me back into the band, or got me into the band, and, yeah. like, I just listened to it on repeat. Like, I like every song on it. Even, like, um, yeah, even the even the bad ones. So, like, I just listened to it through and through. Like, it's just a no-skip for me. Well, I think that's where you, you've probably played yourself a little bit, that my number one album, um, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, actually doesn't have a bad song. So um, there's 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 nothing to worry about when you, when you listen to this one. I think it's got some of my favorite architect songs um, of all time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, there's not, there's not a bad song on this album. I think the tour is just every time I've seen them play songs off this album, I think they almost go harder than any other song they play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, um, Gone With The Wind, uh, just in itself, deserves to be up there. Um, that probably carries the album. So even if it didn't have other bangers on it, I would probably still call it number one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And, you know, funnily enough, it's not even my favorite Architect song. <laughs> so, um, line up the line up the rifles because I'm cancelled. Cancelled? Um, should we get into the songs? Yeah, let's go. So, um, should we start at number five? Yep. Okay. What are you, you going to hit me with? Okay. So, I had to scramble because I hadn't really thought about it. And I'm not really yeah. a list maker, so I'm going to have to start making lists. Yep. Of songs and stuff, but um, my number five is Impermanence off the latest oh. release. Nice. Yeah, great song. I love the feature. I just love the, like, just the beat and the vocals yeah. and stuff, and it really yeah. showed how far they've come as a band and how far Sam's come along. Yeah. Um, yeah, just really enjoy it. Good song. My number five is uh, Day In, Day Out um, from the Here and Now. Um, and again, you know, I mentioned that that album, I think, has very emo, screamo elements to it. Mm-hmm. I think you can't go past that song. I think if you listen to it again, Dave, you might change your ranking because it's it's a fantastic song um, okay. on a pretty damn good album. So that's my number five. All right. I'll, uh, I'll have to listen to it. What's your uh, What's your number four? Number four, uh, for me, is from the number one album, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, and it's actually Memento Mori. Okay. Now, I'm a sucker for the last song on an album. I, you know, had mentioned that I'm not really a playlist person, I love an album, and I think the last song on an album, you know, is so important because it it wraps it up, and I don't think there's many last songs on albums that are as good as that song, and I think it's got everything I want in an architect song. Good atmosphere, um you know, heavy parts, but then also like really slow, um, you know, ambient vibes as well. So Mm -hmm. that's my number four. What about you? Mine's Naysayer. Oh, good. You're going with the heavy hitters early. Yeah. Punch me right in the face. Like you just want to smash some shit when you hear this song. Like, yeah, I just love it. And it's just, 
like that's this is why it's of my number one album Fair because enough. it's just it, it just it just smashes it so it's exactly what i want from a an architect song it's just yeah. hard fast and yeah really really good yeah um no, fair enough. It's a good song. It's not in my list, but it's it's a damn good song. <laughs> That's fine. It doesn't have to be in your list. I've got another one, and this might be a bit right field, though. Okay, Off, hit me. Number three from Lost Forever Lost Together is uh, Castles in the Sky. Great song. Absolutely. I just love the change of pace in it. So, as much as I love wanting to smash some shit, I also like to just get down low and just... Just, just groove it, yeah. and um, yeah, I think they did really well on this song, and it just works really well. I um, do actually have a song on this album in my list, but it's not my third song, so you're going to have to wait and wait and oh, see. That's all right. Um, my number three song is uh, "Dead Butterflies." Yep, nice. Um, I love the song when it um, when they played it on that live stream from Royal mm-hmm. Albert Hall. I yep. remember listening to it, thinking, "Holy shit." This is it. Like, this is everything. It wasn't a heavy song in regards to, like, his vocal performance, but I think just everything about that song felt epic and big. Um, and then I, I found myself re-watching just snippets of that song before the album, and then the album came out, and it just fit perfectly. Yeah, it's just awesome. And I will say, you know, we love our vinyl. That side, um, where Dead Butterflies is the first song on that side, is the, maybe the best side of an album that came out last year record speaking <laughs> oh so, yeah especially they cut that for vinyl so like yeah. the a side is supposed to be the a side like there's no yeah. like there's no joins where where you flip it over like it's yeah. they did that really well yeah so that's my third song okay so what's number two number two off um i mentioned it just before but it is gone with the wind um it probably deserves to be number one, um, but I think number one for me has its place um, as why I have a number one that I'll get to. But Gone with the Wind, it's got it's got to be there. Um, it's it's emotional, it's heavy, it's you can sing along to it, you can cry to it, you can do whatever you want to it. It's um, it's just perfect in my opinion. So, what about you? That's also my number two. Very good. <laughs> we can agree again on something finally. Yeah. <laughs> I spun that earlier. Um and yeah, I was just yeah. You just you just get it just gets you in the groove. So you, no matter what mood you're in, you can you can go with the song and that's what I love that about it. And I and I will say seeing it live, um just hits different every time. And I think everyone's anticipating it, waiting for it, and yeah, great song. Yeah, it's a crowd favorite for sure. Yeah. So I'm keen to hear, I think we might have it, we could be the same song, so I'm assuming it's off your favorite album, because I know my number one song's off your favorite album. So what do you got? My number one is not off your my favorite album. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't yeah. see this coming. <laughs> my number one is Doomsday. Ah, oh, I can't believe I didn't put that together. I should have seen the science. <laughs> um... I just absolutely um, love Doomsday. From the moment I heard it, I just sing along to it. If I hear it, I turn it up to eleven. Just, just love it. There's yeah. not much else to say. And like, it's powerful. And yeah, it's just absolutely huge. Yeah, 
is a great song. It's probably one of my favorite songs too. Not in my top five, but obviously there's a place for yeah. There's a place for that that song, and I think it's just um, it's a yeah. That's a good song. So that's like one. I think that's yeah. everyone's number one though, isn't it? Almost everyone's. Really? Yeah, I think it's hmm. widely loved, but I could be wrong. Let me let me know. Yeah, um, my number one is from your favorite album, as I mentioned, and it is Colony Collapse. Oh yes, very good song. Um, I think it's it's. I think it's when they it's it's probably an example of a song where they really found their their rhythm, um, that they took onto all their gods have abandoned us. You know, it's melodic, it's heavy, it's yeah. got breakdowns, it's got, it's got the screams, it's 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 great, and I think it just hits different. Like you mm-hmm. know, that, that bridge yeah. is just unreal. Um, that's my number one favorite song. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. So, um, what do you think of the new single? Um, hasn't done it for me and it still hasn't grown on me. Mm-hmm. I will say there's been a lot of really good music that's come out the last, you know, since that single came out. So yeah. I maybe haven't given it as much airtime. I think it's a bit too basic for what I, I, I really liked off, um, for those that wish to exist. Yeah. I really wish they'd maybe explore that a little bit more rather than, they kind of felt like they wrote this song for radio in a way. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I enjoy it. And I love, I love hearing Sam sing. And I think he, his vocal performances, albeit not screaming, I think he does a really good job on this track. Um, but I think I just found it a bit boring, a little bit similar to, um, to spirit boxes album. (laughs) Cancel me. (laughs) I'm in the same boat. I feel like it's a B side of, for those who wish to exist. And like, maybe it was just, left on the cutting room floor for a reason and then they just wanted to to kind of build up a little bit of height yeah and get something out there and um and it did that like people are talking about them there's a new album on the way and um i'm excited to see in which direction it goes i just don't hope that it doesn't have like 20 vinyl variants like the last one did so i just have something easy to pick when i go to pre-order but um yeah it's always always exciting to see some of your favorite bands bring out music yeah i agree um i hope they come to australia soon um in two of these new songs um and yeah look as much as yeah it's one single i'm not going to make a call on the band after one single um unless you're my chemical romance and they're still on top but um I think uh, I hope we get more music because I'd love to see it. Um, ten albums would be massive for this band, um, and so hopefully we do get it this year, maybe next year, but hopefully we get it soon. We'll see. We'll see. One last thing. Uh, so we're both vinyl collectors. Um, yep. What um, what architects vinyl do you have in your shelf? I have um, essentially just the big three. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I do have for those that wish to exist, um, out of those albums, I think my favorite variant would have to be my, for those that wish to exist. I have the summer sky wave. Oh yes. Yep. Uh, which is the blue and pink kind of swell, um, which I still think should have been the variant for Taylor Swift's lover, um, because it would match that album perfectly. But, um, that's probably my favorite variant variant from that. Um, but one other record I did have that I just wanted to make a shout out to, um, you know, one of our friends, Sean, um, who I hope he's listening, (laughs) 
But um, recently he actually gifted me um, a copy of um, his bootleg of the live show from um, the Prince Band Room in Melbourne that I re- referenced before, um, which, you know, such a great gesture from Sean. Um, you know, it's been a bit of a tough tough month for me. And I think, um, yeah, when I opened that, I, 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 I cried like a baby. Um, and I think it's probably one of my most cherished records and, you know, one of my favorite bands, the show I was at. Um, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite one. Even though it's on black, it's it's um, one of my favorite records now. Yeah, definitely. And that was such an epic gesture. And I know Sean will Sean will be tuning in, so he'll uh, he'll probably shed a tear hearing to those hearing those nice yeah. words. So thanks, Sean, for for lifting the mood. Yeah, I love, love you, mate. You. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What have you got on your shelf? I've got the big three as well, um, yeah. as well as for those that wish to exist. I've actually got a different variant to you. I've got the clear with the blue and red splatter. It looks like a cotton candy kind of oh, cool. thing. Yeah. So it's got like the, the streaks of blue and red through it. And um, that's probably my favorite. And second would be Holy Hell. I've got the clear with the really heavy splatter. So yeah. it looks really cool, really thick white blobs through it yeah, and stuff. Cool. So. They sound really big on, yeah, on vinyl, so they're worth picking um, up if you see them. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite ones I have as well that I didn't mention before was actually I've got the uh, the Australian ex- exclusive um, green and yellow split for um, Lost Forever, Lost Together. Um, I think every time I spin it, I just smile because it's so good to see, you know, green and, green and gold. Yeah, it's um, so cool. Yeah, I think it's just awesome, especially knowing that architects, you know, love Australia. Um yeah, it's just a good one to spin. Awesome. So um, I think we should should wrap it up here. And um, yep. yeah, thank you everyone for listening. If you made it this far, um, pop onto the the socials. We're on Facebook and Instagram at press.con.pod uh, on both. Uh, we'll be popping up in our stories before this goes live. And we appreciate all the feedback and the listens. And um, we'll catch you guys in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, this is the first try at our, our format of what we want it to be. Um, yeah, let us know what you think. If there's a topic that you think we should cover as well, just let us know. Yeah, um, get in the comments and tell us what yeah. you want to hear about. Yeah, but no, again, thanks for listening and uh, appreciate it.